let's introduce our artist. And uh, you probably have heard of him because he has performed in the Australian Idol. Welcome, Black Douglas. Hi, Black. What am I to you? Now, can you tell everyone who you are and whereabout in Australia are you? I'm a First Nations artist residing in Gallagher land in Sydney, born on Darug country in Western Sydney. Make my art practice from the Sydney area for those who are listening in globally. Nice. Now, for those who do not know, well, you are well known to do a lot of amazing stuff in the field of music and arts. But what exactly are you known for? Primarily painting of a political nature. Um, but at the same time I started painting, I also began playing what most people know as a didgeridoo. I kind of honed my training to a classical sense, if you will, which is being taught by the Yungu people from Northeast Arnhem Land in the art of Miraki, which is the first didgeridoo style. Awesome. Now, I've read a lot about you and I can see that, you know, with all the skills that you have right now, most of it are actually, you know, self-taught. Now, how did you actually started pursuing this career? What was your background before this? Well, I was a mixed blood um, Dangari boy growing up in Western Sydney in an area that is uh, quite a conservative white area. And uh, it was coming out of a period of time in the course of Australian history where it was still uh, being First Nations or Indigenous was still not uh, broadly received by um, a community that has consistently oppressed the First Nations peoples here. So it was a tricky time when you you were damned if you do or damned if you don't, if you identified. And Australia seems to still have quite a stereotypical viewpoint on what constitutes a proper Aboriginal person here. So it came to the point where, which involved university study, where it's a fork in the road for most First Nations people who are lucky enough to make it to university, where a university environment offers an egalitarian viewpoint in terms of its uh, fraternity at university and, and its outlook on the world in, in a sense. So the fork in the road was that all of a sudden I had the opportunity to wholeheartedly pursue and embrace my Aboriginal ancestry that was otherwise suppressed for many years in my life my father's life, but also my ancestral life. Wow, that is just a way too deep to prove your history. And it's pretty amazing knowing all of this. But uh, I'm curious, how does this cultural background impacted your art? Because it gave an opportunity for a freedom of expression. And uh, at the time that I took up a brush and started painting about the political and environmental commentary, pertaining to my immediate environment and my location, but also domestically here, it meant that opportunity for another voice and a, and a commentary on the constraints of being a survivor of um, a very recent historical genocide on First Nations people, uh, was, I was able to all of a sudden promote my comment to the wider viewing public. And so I used my didgeridoo playing, my yiraki playing, to gain uh, a, a knowledge of being uh, socializing with various indigenous peoples across the planet and also here, and the popularity of performing at such an instrument always warms the heart of most Australians. So 
what I was able to do was I was able to, uh, shall we say, take the rough edge off my actual commentary, which was my art, my visual art, by um, performing a beautiful instrument in front of audiences and gaining a little bit of a name by doing so. And then that helped me create my own uh, opening for my visual art. And so it all became ultimately part and parcel and connected. So I can warm the hearts with the sound of the didgeridoo, the iraki, and um, get people listening to what I had to say with my visual art. That is just beautiful, Buck. Now, were there any, you know, limiting beliefs that you had to overcome? Yeah, the constant reminder that I wasn't black enough and uh, identity issues that present themselves to First Nations people of fair skin um, appearance. And so what I feel proud about now is being a spokesperson for those kids. Um, you know, if I've had a dollar for every time I performed to a school group somewhere across this continent, in an otherwise kind of white bread society or community and have a, a fair-skinned, uh, red-haired, green-eyed, um, freckled little kid come up to me afterwards and with their chest stuck out saying that their great-grandmother was um, a tribal woman and watching the pride in those children after you've already demonstrated to them that um, you can play this instrument and you can dance and you can sing Obviously, the hope resonates within those kids that they can do that and they want to do that. But the flip side of that is you've got um, various First Nations community members that demonstratedly grew up with uh, the harshness of living with uh, racial intolerance because of their bona fide colour of their skin being quite dark, have opposition to, shall we say, newcomers, new arrivals and people who have finding their identity and their and their ancestry now it's a beautiful thing what you're doing black you know being an inspiration to your people and at the same time you know being able to express yourself in the art that you're doing now speaking of the art that you're doing this is actually also you know like a kind of a business for you now can you tell everyone what product or services are you offering as an artist because people will be watching us right now and they'll be very interested well it's you know, getting dangerously um, immersive in the upper echelon of commercial exhibiting now. And that's the point where I've spent uh, 15 years of exhibiting uh, from a self-taught background, trying to push down the throat of white Australia, my political commentary um, uh, in my canvases, in my paintings. Uh, what I paint about is if it can be coined in one phrase, parody, irony, and truth. And so the parody part is the fact that uh, just like our brothers um, in Aotearoa, uh, we're constantly suppressed by a colonial regime. And so I've really been aching for a platform or a, or a, um, a stage to have my voice heard about reminding the layperson in on this continent that you might call yourself Australian, but let us be reminded that Australia is a bank account name. It's one of the last bank account names set up by the, the monarchy. And so we on this continent are the last bastion for white people to be dumped on a continent in the scheme of colonization. And so for people to um, proudly uh, uh, embrace their 
um, Australian identity, I'm here to remind you that uh, this land was never ceded. This is First Nations land of 300 nations. And um, I'm sorry if it sounds like an anarchist, but it's not because the fact of the matter is we, uh, the government has embraced uh, en masse welcome to countries, NAIDOC ceremonies every July where we celebrate just one week of being Aboriginal. And occasionally we have an Aboriginal flag flying on the Harbour Bridge, which is what is doing so right now. Now, many people have pushed for this for a long time. We can pretend that we are Australian, but we must be reminded that we are of First Nations origin if you are Aboriginal. And you can't actually join the club if you are a First Nations person. You must stand fervently to, and proudly to your tribal origins and announce that. So that's what I paint about. That's what I remind Australia about. That's the, the parody is living within a successive circus, touring circus act, which is the Commonwealth government, the federal government. And every time it's a white person, a white male, most often we've only had one female prime minister. Um, and as a white prime minister uh, that stands there in a suit and tries to win votes for an economic purpose, to, um, to, to gain a following amongst Australian citizens. The irony is the fact that um, you're doing so and you're rubbing the salt in the wound to the survivors of an ongoing genocide inflicted by a successive 30 federal governments of, uh, since Federation on this continent. And the truth is that, that uh, we have survived and I'm now an artist that can use my platform of winning the Archibald Prize to speak to lovely people like yourselves and hopefully promote this message globally. Yeah, definitely, Black. Um, you can also, you know, share this as a, share your work as a medium, you know, representing your community. It's just a wonderful thing, you know, what you're doing. And a lot of Indigenous artists will actually be probably watching us right now. And they'll probably be asking, what does it day of work looks like for an Indigenous artist like you? How does it work for Black Douglas? Because I, I, I'm actually inspired and want to be like him. So what does a day look like for a Black Douglas? <laughs> um, several media interviews, um, <laughs> particularly after winning the Archibald Prize. <clears throat> um, very little time in the studio doing what I love to do, paint, um, and hoping that uh, somewhere I will be able to spend enough time in there to complete a painting that one of my respective dealers has already uh, or, um, organized a sale for. That would be a perfect day. Um, in reality, I wake up, I be stretched by all of my octopus tentacles, all eight of them at a time, to be in various places to talk to various people, to try and remain grounded and humble enough in a, on a community level to give your time to the children I've just spoken about, but uh, somewhere in the day also have the opportunity to speak to a corporate entity that can afford to pay me to make up for the other time that I've given to the community where I didn't charge X amount. And then once again, hoping that somebody rings me and says, guess what, we've just sold one of your previous paintings. Awesome. So for those indigenous artists that are just starting, what will be the advice that they first do? You know, they've already got the paintings. How, how do they present it to the public? Where do you usually start? You have to, with the advent of the internet and Google, 
and YouTube, fortunately, we can just simply Google and watch uh, people talk about how they uh, got to where they are, I guess. And, um, and interestingly, a lot of that comes off your own back. And I get asked a similar question by a lot of high school art students when I speak to them. And they, they will ask, um, what advice uh, do you give to, to, uh, to kick off a career? Interestingly, um, you know, this has been a, a topic of discussion amongst my peers and, and in certain podcasts I've listened to in the recent week since winning the Archibald, where it's been very interesting hearing from both ends of the scale. You've got artists that um, are, are bona fide A-list artists. An A-list artist is an artist that is constantly in demand for uh, exhibiting not only uh, domestically, but internationally. And so you'll be invited exclusively into major events like biennales around the world. And um, those are gigs where um, everything is laid on. So your travel, your accommodation, um, your opportunity to speak to um, the upper echelon of society at uh, really uptown dinners and so forth in restaurants around the place. And then the flip side of that is there are very successful artists that I've become known to or, or known of who actually have never had a commercial exhibition, but rather they use the um, absolute luxury of Instagram in their, being able to self-market yourself. And so um, there are many artists who uh, do a roaring trade and have a consistent backlog of uh, commissions purely off their one Instagram account. And so my advice is that you need to uh, find which, which suits you best and which you wish to target. If you're going to target the um, aforementioned, which is the commercial market, um, you need to be learning everything you can about marketing, about promotion, about uh, PR work and whatnot, um, all while you're chipping away at your own practice and creating work. Um, but the other side is um, just uh, watch some tutorials on how to sustain the most wholesome Instagram account for yourself. Yeah, thank you so much, Black Douglas. Those are very helpful tips, definitely. Now, you mentioned about the online space. Where can our audience find you? Do you have a website if you could share it? As a matter of fact, they do. So everything comes under the, the moniker Black Douglas, B-L-A-K, Douglas, which is a celebration of both my dominant ancestry. So we say black fellows for Aboriginal people here. So my father was black, my mum was white. On the white side, uh, there was English, Scot and Irish ancestry. And then um, my dunga, the Aboriginal side on my father's side. And so Black Douglas is an acknowledgement of both of those, um, both of those dominant uh, genealogies. And so if people just Google that, they're going to find everything. There's Facebook, there's Instagram, and, um, and there's my website, um, blackdouglas.com.au. Don't worry, guys. We'll be putting all those links in the comment section below if you would like to check that. Now, back on you, Black, just to introduce to you, Kahao, we're actually an e-commerce program that educates the Indigenous community how to utilize e-commerce in their business or art venture or any services that they offer. Now, just out of curiosity, since um, the way you're marketing your artworks is much like also, you know, there's a hint of e-commerce in it. May I ask, 
how did you start promoting your artworks and services in the online space? Because I understand you also have galleries, right? That's right. So it, it did all begin with Instagram. And, and by chance, I learned um, a very simple fact that um, the most popular thing that you can put on your Instagram when you're creating your work is a video or a time-lapse and um, people really love time-lapses. They like to see the hard work and the laborious efforts you put into creating a, an artwork. And so you always find that a time-lapse video will get the most number of views that, of anything you can put up. And so in the modern digital era, what I learned very quickly was that uh, you can build up the excitement around an, uh, a singular artwork by detailing it from, um, say, meeting with my Archibald subject for the first time and having that photographed, uh, a sketch of the Archibald subject in the next post, the beginnings of the canvas in a time-lapse fashion in the third post, and you start building it all up. Then you get to a point where the most invaluable thing I learned about my whole experience in the Archibald Prize this year was the value of tagging in your post. And so when I finally finished the, the canvas that I submitted, uh, I um, very boldly publicly announced through the fourth or fifth post that I was going to be delivering the canvas for the submission for the Archibald Prize um, on the Tuesday of the week. And then I tagged the Art Gallery of New South Wales and the Archibald Prize um, as they are already in the ether. And what that does is it lets people know your intentions and lets people know um, where you're going to be at a certain time with your artwork. And all of that proves invaluable. And so if you um, are somebody who likes to paint seahorses uh, in a in a coral seabed landscape, then what you do is when you finish your artwork, you you tag in uh, your local um, national aquarium. Uh, you, you tag in international aquariums, you tag in um, documentary makers um, who deal with undersea world and whatever like that. And, and you just never know. The documentary maker might approach you for using your painting on the cover of their book they're about to publish. The aquarium might say, we've been looking for an artist to create an artwork for the banner for our new exhibition coming up at the aquarium. And that's the, the immeasurable value of using social media to your advantage. Yeah, totally. Um, I, I'm impressed how familiar you are, especially with Instagram, you know, the time lapse and the videos that you should be putting that out because that's the one that gets the most engagement. So pretty impressed how you're actually doing all of that. Now, seeing how successful you are in this, you know, Instagram space and also looking back to when you're still not doing it, how do you think e-commerce has improved the way things work for you? Well, just personally speaking, I mean, um, you know, I'm, a, I'm capable of uploading things. I'm, I have a graphics background. I know how to use photographic imagery and whatnot. But when it comes to the technicalities of um, uh, web design and, um, and e-commerce within a website, I'm very thankful to have uh, a dear friend of mine, um, Marcus Bosky, uh, who is a, a web guru. And so he manages all of my particular um, content like that, if you will. 
And so he makes my website really fluid. So mostly what I sell on my website is um, edition prints of artworks that I've made. I don't sell my own canvases because um, as a rule of thumb, you, you generally leave that the more pricey artworks to your representative dealers. And I'm happy to leave that to them. But when it comes to the fluidity of e-commerce on my website, I owe it completely to, to Marcus of MCore Design. And it's so relieving to, to be able to get an email from PayPal saying you've just sold um, a couple of prints. And, and to make sure as an artist who wants to exhibit their work successfully online, you really need to have all of that synchronized so it does happen fluidly. And, and unfortunately, um, from my experience, it can only be done by uh, either being an expert or leaving it up to the experts to do so. Yeah, definitely. Or for those who are watching, if you want to know more about e-commerce, we are putting a link in the, in the comment section so you could check us out also the program that we're doing. Um, and now, Black Douglas, what are you most proud about, about this art career that you have? Well, I have to say winning the Archibald Prize. Um, it's the most famous art prize on this continent. I had no idea about its reach until um, my PR assistant from the Art Gallery of New South Wales told me last week that the, uh, the analytic data came back that the Archibald Prize has reached a third of the planet, according to the data. Wow. So it's reached 3 billion people. And so, my goodness, if I could turn that into a kaching from my PayPal, um, I'd probably be, uh, I don't know, playing golf in the Bahamas or something right now. <laughs> Congratulations on that award, Black Douglas. That is, I know, the most prestigious ones. And it's amazing how that worked out for you. I mean, I, I'm excited to see the artworks that you're putting out, to be honest. And also, um, are there any new shows, gallery shows that the people watching us right now can see you in? if you want to promote those? Yeah, um, I'm now painting for my solo exhibition with my Sydney dealer, uh, Nanda Hobbs Gallery, um, N-A-N-D-A backward slash Hobbs, H-O-B-B-S. Um, and I show every two years with this particular gallery. So I think a lot hangs in the balance for this year's show. It's a bit daunting actually, because since um, winning the Archibald Prize, um, most of my previous backlog of artworks have been selling daily. And so I'm kind of a little relieved that I actually won't have many artworks left by the end of July. Um, but also daunting because now I have to start all over again and everything I paint from here on is potentially going to be wanted uh, for sale. And um, so, you know, it might sound all illustrious and illusionary and like a Fantasia world, but um, because I paint by myself, I, I prefer to produce my own artworks myself, it does become methodical and it does become a little bit like a production line. And so um, the, you really have to strategize how you operate your business operation from here. Yeah, definitely. Because when you're in the artist side, you know, you don't want that to be just a production line kind of thing. But congratulations on, you know, just 
cleaning up the inventory that you have right now. And you're probably putting out some more amazing artworks. And you guys who are watching us right now, stay tuned in more of Black Douglas artwork. And if you want to see his artwork, we'll be putting all the links and even the link to mentioned in the comment section below. Now, to wrap this up, Black Douglas, what will be um, some encouraging words that you would say to those who are watching us right now who would probably want to also pursue a career like yours in the arts industry? If you're able enough to follow your heart, which is um, in brackets H and then A-R-T, um, you, you have to continue to do so because the distractions um, economically can, can be detrimental to an artist's career. And so, as I mentioned, um, the methodical side of things and the production line side of things, that can at times take an edge off the value of creation and the, and the freedom of creativity. And so an artist that I think can, can say that they're going to go all the way is one that finds that balance, that equilibrium of enjoying what you make as opposed to being able, being savvy enough to be able to market and, off, and sell what you make as well if you choose to be a commercial artist. So the most important thing is that um, it's very important to, to allocate your time, distinct blocks of time where you can take time off to immerse yourself in the the um the love that inspires you to make what you create thank you so much black douglas and there you have it guys the 2022 winner of the archibald prize black douglas congratulations again and for those who are watching we'll put all the links that you need in the comment section and if you've been liking all the com the uh, content that we'll be we've been putting out please do follow us on youtube on Facebook, on Instagram, we'll be putting all those links as well in the comment section below. And uh, you have reached the end of this podcast. We'll see you again. This has been the Kahal Podcast, e-commerce for Indigenous by Indigenous. Thank you, everyone. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Kahal Podcast by Kahal Itaal Program, e-commerce for Indigenous by Indigenous. Support our mission to uplift the lives of 10 million Indigenous people by following us in our social media channels on Instagram and on Facebook at Kahau Iteao Program. Should you wish to learn e-commerce with us, send us an email at kahau at twh.co.nz. See you next time. Matewa.